cliffcentral.com. Rob Cohen is on the line. Rob is a collector of whiskey and tequila. You know what we talk about on Mondays now is people and their collections. If you're a fanatic or a devotee or an aficionado or you're someone who's exhibiting enthusiasm enthusiasm in a, in a really bizarre way, don't feel bad. This is where we get to discuss these things. And today we're continuing our weekly dose of collectomania. We're talking to a, a collector today of... Whiskey and tequila, two things that Leanne and I can identify with very much more than most things. And Rob, it's a great pleasure to see you. So first of all, is, is that your collect is that your collection? Oh, hang on, there's some noise. That behind me. Oh wow, that's and uh, so so it started um, fifteen years ago. I started dating a girl who was really good looking and a lot better than me. Yeah. And uh, she was a da- she was a daughter of a Scotsman. And I thought the only way into that family was to start researching about whiskey. So 15 years later, I married her. I've wow. got 600 bottles of whiskey or so, uh, two children, and I'm by far the favorite son-in-law. So it's worked pretty well. <laughs> well, first of all, listen, it's really great to see anybody who's got a collection. But a collection of whiskeys, this is, this is not uh, cheap business that you're talking about here. Whiskeys, and we'll get to the tequila in a moment because I've got lots of questions on that front. But whiskey is uh, well known across the world as being something which can, you know, prices can go sky high on some of these, especially the Japanese ones. Uh, We've got scotch. We've got the whiskey that the Irish make. There is whiskey that's made in other countries in the world. And then there's the Japanese stuff too. So tell us how the the whiskey thing began and what your your collection comprises of now, because it must be quite substantial. Yeah, so my my collection would probably would be worth a lot of money if I wouldn't have opened most of the bottles. Um, I like to drink them. So it started off, um, you know, uh, buying a whiskey, doing a lot of research on them and hoping that it would escalate in sort of value. Some mm-hmm. of them have where I bought, you know, a bottle for call it a 400 grand, now it's worth 40 grand. Sure. But that hasn't been the reason for obviously collecting. It's just to be, you know, I'm really love the subject. I love where the history behind the whiskey, where it comes from, what type of cask, is it in a sherry cask, what region it comes from. So I've got about 80 different Japanese whiskeys and those are just worth a hell of a lot of money now because wow. of the demand outweighs wow. the supply. Yeah. I've helped you, sorry, you, 30 bottles. Say that, say that again. So I've held back about 20 to 30 bottles um, of sort of Japanese and some rare bottles to open up on special occasions. Um, But, yeah, it is, you know, it it has cost a lot of money along the way, but the enjoyment factor is worth more than the money to me. Yeah, you know, for people who are collectors, and, and I've discussed already how I'm a collector of a bunch of different things, that's actually the reason that you want money. It's almost the reason that you work extra hard so you could buy this stuff. But it must be very difficult for you as a whiskey collector because the whiskey is a consumable, or tequila for that matter, and you have to be – you have to be torn sometimes between do I open this up and and taste it or share it with a friend or share it with someone who I haven't seen in a while or do I just let it stay in the cupboard and, and uh, you know, grow in value? But you, you're going to miss out on the whole reason that you bought the thing, which is to taste it. To taste it. Absolutely. I mean, for me, um, I just don't have the, you know, the restraint in terms of just looking at it and look, you know, letting it sit on the cupboard and just looking at me and pleading for someone to drink it. So I just open it up and, um, any friend who comes over, I don't give them the cheap stuff. It's all good stuff. Wow. And, uh, 
we, we get to talk about it. And the, that's another thing about your, you know, collections is that it becomes a conversational point for everyone. I know where every single bottle of whiskey comes from, where I got it when I was doing international travel, when the, when the borders were open, mm-hmm. where it comes from. Who the, who the distiller is, a little bit about the, the, the farm, et cetera. So it's just a, it's a great thing to discuss with your friends and colleagues and, uh, you know, uh, clients, et cetera. So, yeah. Well, well, Leanne was just pulling a face when you said, like, sometimes you, 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 you can't imagine it just sitting on the cupboard and, and, and moldering away there. But I mean, whiskeys, do they get better or worse or do they stay? more or less the same. I mean, I know that wine ages as long as you keep it well and you keep it in the right way and, you know, if there's, there's contact between the cork and the liquid. But whiskey is pretty much whiskey, right? It's not going to stay. It's not going to change. Yeah, I years. mean, is there, is, is there some kind no. of cutoff point? Only thing is that um, it's it may start to evaporate once it opens. So you just got to keep it in uh, sort of a dry place and uh, not exposed to sun and it should be fine. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Le- Leanne had a whiskey collection, but she drank it all. It's finished now. It doesn't exist. <laughs> no, it evaporated. No, this is why it's so it interesting. It actually evaporated. Yeah, yeah. into My your throat, throat, that is. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rob, I mean, tequila. I have a very porous. Yes. I have a very porous house, <laughs> and it it, it evaporates. Porous house. Oh, you can come over dude. to my place anytime, oh. and you know. All right, Rob. Oh. I, I need to know from you quickly because tequila is something that I, I I share a passion with you about, and tequila is is just a terrific. It's it's a really great alcohol. I for all the reasons that I've discussed a million times on this show and in person with everybody I know. But the difference between a really cheap, nasty blanco tequila that you would use to clean things at home you would never ever drink and a good anejo which is like you know top of the range stuff that the mexicans regard as being you know water straight out of the tears of jesus i mean tell me about the kinds of tequilas that you've got because i uh, this is going to make me jealous yeah, so I, I was in Mexico and, you know, when we were brought, you know, when I was at uh, school or out of school, older than 18, we grew up with really terrible tequila, mm-hmm. Omegos, Jose Cuervos, cheap stuff that mm-hmm. when we would wake up, we didn't want to wake up because we just would have this terrible hangover. Mm-hmm. Um, to Mexico, I realized how sophisticated this drink is in terms of the workmanship, what goes into it, the blue agave, because mm-hmm. all tequila comes it's actual blue agave. So when you when you go into that and you actually see what it does and what it's meant to taste like, that you don't have to dilute it. You can drink it neat or with a block of ice. And then when you wake up the next morning, you've got no hangover because of the natural spirit, you know, the sugars that come from the blue agave. Mm-hmm. It was just cool. very intriguing for me. So I've got about over 100 different mezcals and tequilas, um, stuff, wow. some amazing from Blancos, Reposados. You guys obviously know the difference. A Blanco can be distilled immediately. It's the white spirit. Reposados from 12, uh, two to 12 months distilled. Um, Anejo is one to three years. An extra Anejo has been distilled for over, over three to anything more than that. So when, when I went to Mexico, I just saw these beautiful bottles and, you know, the, the history behind it. I mean, I'll show you a bottle or two. Oh, I mean, wow. this, these beautiful, this, this uh, is been in se- seven years in a cask. I mean, it's really amazing. Then when you get like the Jose Cuevos, this is the top of the range. Jose that's, uh, Cuevos. That's the a, Reserva de la Familia. The, yeah. 
Yeah, exactly, which That's is good. just like drinking a beautiful uh, single malt. Uh, this is Herodura, uh, the Oof. top of the range. Um, also, it's seven or eight years, and the stuff is just, you know, makes you feel great. It's something oh, that you want to wow. share with friends. You don't really want to drink it alone because it, no. it may fire you up out of it, but it's just a, a beautiful drink, and it's, um, it's just delicious. I mean, this at the moment, this actual bottle is the one that's trending the most. All the celebrities are drinking. It's called... That's Oprah's Cas- favorite tequila. What oh, is it? She punted this. It's called Casa yes. Dragon. And um, a lot of the uh, tequila enthusiasts don't like it because they say that the, the way of making it is slightly cheat- cheating, but it is really delicious. You, I mean, you, you, said, really you said Casa what? Dragones? Casa Dragones. Wow. Okay. How did how did Oprah what did Oprah what did Oprah Winfrey say about this year? He's such a fan of Oprah. If he could collect anything, it would be Oprah. Go on. Oprah said, "It's time for my favorite things, oh, and God. here's my favorite tequila." Oh, Jesus. Exactly. She's so excitable. Exactly. All right. Okay. So listen, yeah. I've seen some of these bottles. I mean, a lot of them are, are hand painted. They are, they're made of porcelain. They're hand painted. Some of them are, are, are you know, individually, uh, designed. Uh, the bottle that you buy. They're like a, perfume bottles. Yeah. They're it's amazing. Like, it's a one of a kind in, in many cases. And the, the prices of, of really expensive tequilas can go all the way up, right? Correct. I mean, it's not on the same level as a, as a whiskey where things are fetching for millions of dollars sometimes uh, per whiskey. Some of these Macallans that have been, you know, 80 to 90 years old, but a good, a good tequila, you know, your best tequila won't be more than sort of 10,000 rand. I mean, you're probably wow. looking at your price. Really good from a thousand rand to sort of five, six, seven thousand rand for your, your best stuff. What's your favorite, but, what's your, what's your favorite tequila you've ever had? Um, I mean, this is definitely, this is definitely one of them. Yeah. The, the Her- Herodura. And so the, the Grand Mayan, if you can get yourself mm. a bottle of this, it's just, oh, just incredible. incredible. So, so a lot of the, a lot of the celebrities are, are making their own tequilas. I saw George Clooney's one and someone gave it to me that, uh, Casamigos. He gave it to me as a, as a present and it's disgusting. It tastes like someone, like a tramp has put their feet in water for a week. It's really awful. Do you like it? You like that? Uh, oh, hang on. He's gone. Got to get him back. But really, the George Clooney one is horrible. <laughs> really, it's disgusting. Oh, it's no. Horrible tasting stuff and, and not. Uh, you know, there's a difference between what a mezcal. A there's a difference between a mez- yeah. mezcal and a tequila, which we'll talk about in a second. But the the George Clooney one, I thought, oh, what a nice gift! You know, it's a beautiful black bottle, and it looks like it's you know, um, when a bottle looks like it's frozen, like it's got that ice sort of texture mm. to it. Um, and then I opened it up, and I was all excited, and I had people here, and we all tried some, and everybody, to a person, every one of them went. Not nice. Oh. <laughs> did it taste? Did it taste like the cheap stuff, or did it taste nothing like tequila? It didn't taste. It it, it was like a bad silver tequila, you know. And, and I I don't oh, like, no. I do not like the silver. It's just too much. It comes straight off the pot still, like Rob was saying. It hasn't been aged at all. So all of those very very uh, powerful and 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 strong and pungent alcohols are still very much in the the material. And I don't like I don't like that so much. It needs to age a little bit. It needs to, it needs to to be matured in the cask. And 
That's why a good anejo or a good reposado are always to be preferred over a blanco. But, you know, there are only three kinds of tequila. There are different brand names, but there are only three types of tequila, and those are the three that we've just mentioned now. However, mm. I will say that as far as brands go, I'm not particularly loyal. So I, I don't mind whether it's a Herradura or a, a Don Julio or a Patron or a um, – what was the other one that he mentioned earlier? A Fortaleza is a nice one too. So there are a couple of good ones. Ooh. Well, it's, mm. a, it's a good thing that you're not just sticky with brands because it keeps your options open yeah. and your mind open for trying new things. And I'll be honest with you. He said that, you know, when we grew up, we had these horrible tequilas, but I still drink some of those horrible ones as well. Um, you know, the cheaper ones that God alone knows what they do to them. It's probably not nearly as pure a blue agave as all the others, but it's still something that I'll do. I'd rather do that some of the time than than drink anything else. And I do not drink other shots of any kind, and I don't drink any other alcohol, frankly. And I'm not a big, mm. you know, I'm not a big beer guy. I'm not a big vodka guy. It's not really my scene. So for all those reasons, I'm I'm solidly a tequila man. He has over 100 mm. bottles of tequila and mezcal, as well as well over 600 bottles of whiskey, Rob. So he's a real collector. Wow. When when I lived in McGregor, there was a, a, a bar called Whiskey John's. Well, it was called something else, but we used to call it Whiskey John's. Mm -hmm. um, oh. And it was a, a guy from the UK, John, who'd collected whiskeys from his whole life. And I swear he bought this bar just to display them in. Wow. <laughs> because you couldn't drink them or, or buy them. Um, you, you could only, it was a normal pub. I mean, you could only drink the normal stuff. Oh, really? So but, you didn't, um, didn't let you have any, no matter how much you'd pay? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, because they were a collection and he, he wanted them closed. Um, but he had these lit up shelves with all of these whiskeys, which was just amazing. And the stories he could tell. I mean, it's like, it's like a picture book in your head, having collected these things from all over the world. But you just have to take one look at one label and it brings yeah. back a flood of memory. I'm going to see if we can get Rob back one last time because I want to ask him one or two more questions about the tequilas. But uh, Eletheria wants to know here quickly, Gareth, have you got your special tequila from the U.S. yet? Was it the Elon Musk one? Hey, sorry, Rob, we lost you there. Rob? Sorry about that. No worries. So I, um, I was just explaining I was explaining to everybody the, um, the difference between the, the different kinds of tequila. But I, I asked you, what's your favorite tequila to drink? And you mentioned the Herradura. Do you have a favorite whiskey? Uh, whiskey is a difficult one. I like any Macallan, um, and I like the really peaty, peaty stuff. So, um, Belachin, I like Lefroy, Talisker, Lagavulin, any of the sort of peaty ones. I'm, hmm. I'm a big fan of. But I, there is an expression that there's no such thing as a bad single malt, and I've yet to find a bad one. So, I, I like all of it. Someone wants to know in the questions, what is your most expensive whiskey in your stash? I've got a very um, old um, Yamazaki whiskey that's worth apparently a lot of money on auction. Really? So that I'm, I'm going to open up at my 50th birthday party nice. with a, a few selected friends. Yeah. 
That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I love it. It must have a lot of horsepower, your, 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 your uh, Yamazaki. That's <laughs> got a Yeah, it does. It does. I want to just tell you a quick, a quick funny story about that. You mentioned George Clooney, and he yeah. sold Casamigos with, with Randy Gerber, mm-hmm. who's Cindy Crawford's husband. Um, he sold the company. They sold the company for a billion dollars. And George Clooney invited 20 of his best friends over for a dinner party. And at the end of the dinner party, he gave them a two-me suitcase with a million dollars each to oh, celebrate wow. the success of selling out the company. That's was amazing. Quite a story. Jesus. Oh, yeah. that's, that's a real, real friend. friend. You really want that's to be George Clooney's friend. Oh, wow. Listen, um, those are the yes. kind of people. But there are a lot of these celebrity tequilas. Some of them are, are supposedly very, very nice. Some of them are not so nice. I'm, I'm not a fan of the G- George Clooney Casamigos one, but I do like pretty much every other tequila that I've ever tasted. There isn't one that I've gone, besides the George Clooney one. So, all right. Um, Rob, this is just a, an amazing thing to to be collecting, and I'm glad that you also enjoy it and, and don't just keep it there, locked away forever, because I think that's kind of sad. You know, there's nothing worse. Imagine if you died and you'd never had any of those uh, whiskeys or those tequilas. It would have been such a waste, right? Absolutely. So it's there to be, and and I've got enough tequila and whiskey to probably last me another pandemic. So the next time you guys in Cape Town come and have a drink, <laughs> you you don't have to, uh, you won't have to ask twice. Thank you, Rob. It's very nice to meet you. That's amazing. Likewise. Thanks, guys. There he is. There's uh, Rob Cohen. He collects whiskey and tequila. An amazing collection that he's got there. Fifteen years of of building that collection up, and I just love yeah. the story that the way he started was he he fell in love with a girl whose father was a Scotsman, and to impress the father, uh, who became his father, <laughs> who became his father-in-law, he started to um to delve into the the depths of, of Scottish whiskey. By the way, his father-in-law yeah. is actually the guy who did the voiceover for the Bell's Scotch whiskey ad. Give that man a bell. Oh. So how's that? For oh, a, wow. Yeah, it's a pretty cool story. And he, he likes a PT whiskey. I likes a PT whiskey. Something from the Islay region. Or, uh, I'm not even sure. I remember I went up to Scotland in the 2000s. They took me to uh, the Diageo group, took me to this castle called Dremir. I remember you, you, oh, you were on air God. from there. You Leanne, live thing from there. Leanne, Rob who we just had on the on the line now would have done his nut we were in this library um and instead of books on the shelves of this library they had every single malt scotch whiskey in all of scotland it was and you could help yourself to whatever you wanted you could try all the different ones you could you could take uh, the tiniest amount of each one and try them and then if you liked it have some more and it was just incredible and it was a big billiards table in the middle of the room it was just the most fun uh week that i've ever spent in in terms of like trying new things in alcohol and it was very very in, in, instructive and educational and i'm i hope that i managed to absorb as much as uh, not just of the whiskey but of the knowledge that they were trying to impart to us because it was really special i do think that whiskey is the kind of drink though that you you have to it's almost like um certain kinds of music they only appeal to you later in life because you need to have a depth of understanding and a maturity to appreciate it, which I hope I did at the time. I mean, I can still remember lots of it. And there was this brilliant, brilliant man called Chris who took us around Scotland. We went 
uh, we went to the source of, of, of where they get, they get the water for their whiskies. It showed us all of the, the processes that they go through to make it. It's just the most unbelievable level of dedication. I mean, some people, their entire lives are built around whiskey. So if that's mm-hmm. the kind of thing you collect, mm-hmm. good for you. And, of course, this is just one in our series of Collectomania, which is, of course, brought to you by the South African Gold Coin Exchange. There's something to collect. And the Scoin Shop. And there are Scoin Shops across South Africa where you can also go and start a collection of your own if you want to buy uh, you know, something really, really collectible. They have incredible um, ranges and series of coins which you can go and check out and it's not just coins they have lots of other interesting things in their shops too so that's the Scoin shop and the south african gold coin exchange always one of my favorite parts of the week to hear about everyone's collections vince says he's an anti-collector he spends a lot of time trying <laughs> a lot of time trying to carefully get rid of as much stuff as possible asking himself do i really need this hmm. oh <laughs> yes vince though you do um, so Elitheory was, was asking this when we got Rob back on. Um, Gareth, have you got your special tequila from the U.S. yet, the Elon Musk one? Yeah, a friend of mine bought one because they were a very limited edition, and he said he was going to send it to me. But I just, you know, to go back to something we discussed two weeks ago, I don't trust the post office. So I've said to him, just keep it. And when I fly over, whenever that might be. I'll collect it in 2027. Sure. Well, yeah. If I can still, <laughs> if I if I can still walk by that age, we'll have to see. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Now Ruth says, "I'm so glad I'm listening. I love my whiskey. It's on my bucket list to go to various distilleries in Scotland." Oh yeah, that's just that is special. Mm. Scotland. I saw that message and I thought about the fact that my, um, you know, I come from the McKellar clan mm-hmm. and. Um, my birth surname was Boyle. Um, That's which also, is also Scottish. Scottish. Yes. Uh, so I'm, I'm like a full-blooded Scotsman, but I've never been to Scotland. I've been yeah. really close many times. You're a Scots lass. That, That's what you are, not a Scotsman. Yeah. <laughs> a, is it, is it spelled B-O-Y-L-E? Yes, not B-O-I-L. I mean, <laughs> so I know my surname, my surname is... Boyle. Yes, and my surname now is Mole, so I've got two body growths down so far. Uh, Boils and moles. In, in my rep- rep- <laughs> repertoire. I just need to. I just need to marry a. I don't know. A, um, what no, other skin lesions do you a, get? A veruca, or a or a, <laughs> or a or a corn, Leanne corn, <laughs> <laughs> or pimple. Oh, please, let's make it happen. Please. Leanne Korn. <laughs> I can try. Any, no. any willing suitor Sounds with the horrible. surname Korn, mm. email us. We'll make so, it um, here's Steph wants to know about the difference between tequila and mezcal. The, the mezcal is supposed to have the worm in it, to, to give you the, the short version of that. Uh, tequila is made from the blue agave plant and, and mezcal is, it's, I think it's distilled slightly differently, but I'm not the expert in this. It's really something we should have asked, uh, Rob. I'll try to find out for you for, um, tomorrow's show just out of pure curiosity. Um, but, but as far as I know, they are quite different spirits and, and mezcal is the one that usually has the, the worm in it, but it's usually a dried up old worm and you're not meant to. Um, be too disturbed by that. It's just, it's just a, it's like more of a feature. I dated someone with one of those once. No, oh, really? <gasps> with a worm? That's horrible. A dried up old worm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm afraid on that very, uh, 
creepy note. It's time to end this morning's fun. Cliffcentral.com.